0: Very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. And this is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Kings Radio. Today's episode is talking about intimate, our oh, favorite intimates.
1: Our, there's a lot to talk about.
0: Then we made a list and we realized, oh wow, there's so too many. Long. So if there are some of your favorite intimates that are missing on this list, we apologize. It's don't sweat personal. it. Not that personal. Totally trying to make this episode a decent length. In fact, you can comment
1: when, we, when this episode goes live.
0: Yeah, find us on social media Instagram, Facebook.
1: Discord, be like, My favorite. And Twitter, Twitter. and then Green Lantern at Magic Mountain, and you didn't talk about it, we'll be like, well...
0: No, it was on the list once, and then we cut <laughs> it, it off the, the list. list. <laughs> but then we realized, like, are they really our favorites, or are some of these just because we kind of want to talk about them? And then we started really just eliminating some of the rides that don't really matter, like... Green Lantern and Magic Bond, which now got more screen time than some of our actual favorites. Yeah. So,
1: congratulations. Right, moving on. So, um, <laughs> we'll start with some of the non-coasters. We'll dive right in. Yes, yeah, so it's divided into a short, intimate, non-coaster segment and a longer, intimate coaster segment. As and you know, this is, here for coasters.
0: And based on week's Minnesota, um, Coaster Games A through Z Cup Car Chase. Yes. Um, We were like, well, that's an incredible intimate. One of the best intimates that was ever created. Yeah. So let's now talk about more intimates. Yes. So we're back with more
1: intimate. That is our segue.
0: And we're starting with some drop towers. Because um, when I think intimate, I think obviously insane coasters like... Skyrush and I 35 and you know the typical ones, but I also think about drop rides And so early on in our conversation of like what are we gonna talk about today? I was like well drop towers are like a big thing for me when it comes to Intamin I think they're some of the best. It's a good place
1: to start because Intamin got their start building tower rides Observation towers.
0: Exactly. Vertical tower-based attractions. So, um, the ones that come to mind for me, for one of some of our favorite drop
1: rides... Um, we have to start with Movie Park Germany, because... We Cop-car have Highfall. <laughs>
0: um, Highfall, located right next to what Copacare Chase used to be, is an Intamin... Rototower Is that what it's called officially? I it's, it's a just a roller coaster. I stand too. up
1: <laughs> Rotodrop
0: Rotodrop That's what it is There was only two built So you stand up As you take off And then you're kind of hanging So imagine Riddler's Revengeous seats But then like your feet Aren't touching the floor So a little bit uncomfortable um, But I didn't mind it as much And then when you get to the top It tilts forward About 45 degrees And you face the ground after you do a full circle and then you know you drop down. Is it really forty five degrees? It may be a little bit less. maybe like forty, it, but it's, it's sorry, more but than. It's,
1: a, it's very scary. It's significantly,
0: <laughs> it's significantly more than the New Orleans, Orlando one tilts. I was expecting Orlando one to tilt way more. More, yeah. Um, and obviously, that's Ekrovobia and, and Six Flags they're over the Georgia. They're the only two
1: ever built. They're and they're both built right bird. next
0: to Cyclone Wooden Coaster Climbs, yeah. which is a little fun fact for you.
1: Yeah. Um, but
0: yeah, so they, the, the one in Georgia received different seating after a couple years. Yeah. Um, that's they a little bit more like sitting more. down. Yeah. So both of those are really, really good. Um, There's something about facing down or standing up, quote unquote, that really makes the drop that much more intense. They're also really heavy. Drop vehicles, so like the speed at which you fall is significantly faster than some of the lighter ones. Yeah. For example, um, Lex Luthor at Sicklash Magic Bound, or for those who love Zumanjaro, similar, but we, we chose Lex Luthor because of its swaying of the tower, because Superman just love sways. Lex Luthor. Um,
1: on, the view is so much better.
0: But that vehicle is a lot, lot lighter, so dr- the drop definitely feels longer. Um, really enjoy Lex Luthor too, and mostly because. If you hit it right as Superman goes on that tower, your drop is like it's like this S-drop. You're just like <laughs> swerving down. It's a, a lot more out of control than some of the um, the other intimate Towers. Um, of course, there's the Canton Tower in Guangzhou okay, in right. the Guangdong province of China in the south of China. That is a super tall skyscraper, the tallest freestanding observation tower in the world, if I'm not mistaken. And that has, on the top antenna, has a drop ride attached to it another Intimate. Intamin
1: second gen. Drop
0: itself isn't very tall, but the views are just absolutely amazing. That's the highest open air experience you're ever going to be able to experience anywhere in the world. Um the as right. Now. park ride. And it's We're just highest. so incredibly highest. high up. Check out our TikTok. There's a, there's a cool video of it kind of highlighting yeah. how high up you are. Like you really are in space almost, it feels like. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's then almost
1: 2,000 feet off the ground when you're at the top there.
0: And then there's Falcon's Fury here in the, in Busch Gardens Tampa, which, of course, does a complete 90-degree face-down tilt, where you are facing down, and then you make down the 300-foot drop. All, all four of these towers are—or are five, I guess— are come to mind when we think of, like, well, these are good, intimate yeah. drop towers.
1: Um, and I really think intimate's the king of drop towers. Yeah, totally. Speaking of drop towers, the OG drop tower experience, which— I know we have this in part of the Intamin non coaster segment for all of you purists, but for us, we still count them as credits. It's the Intamin first generation free falls. Of course, they were contracted through Giovanola, like some of our other classic 80s favorite Intamin attractions. Giovanola and Intamin together partnered up to create seismic thrill ride experiences. Um, the Demon Drop were, is the one that we're focusing on. We've ridden a few of these, including um, in Japan and stateside, but Demon Drop is the only one that's left that's still open in the United States, and uh, we did want to provide our kudos for uh, Cedar Fair and Dorney Park for keeping this ride open, relocating it after Cedar Point decided that they wanted to redevelop that space. These are still my favorite drop rides, generally speaking. They are The vehicles are so heavy, and you can feel it, and it feels like you're just being ripped out of the sky... By these giant clunky elevator cars and then the 90 degree fall onto your back and the, the old pinch brakes. It sounds like a steel trash can flying down a case of concrete stairs. <laughs> Don't look sideways when you hit that shallow drop because you'll hurt yourself. But then also on the tangent of drop tower-esque rides and tower rides, we must talk about the parachute tower drop rides. There were four of these built. These were another one of the classic like Six Flags Intamin Collaborations, just like the drop towers, rapids rides, etc. Um, the le- the first, the original legacy Six Flags parks all had these giant, like 180 foot Intamin parachute drop rides. Now,
0: and of course, for for a nuts fam over here, yeah, Nuts the far is the one was, that turned into the Sky Yeah, Batman. really yeah. cool combo. tower. That was the
1: only, yeah, that was the only combo one I ever built. That that thing was iconic. Um, but yeah, so now Great Adventure and the Tokyo Dome City area are the only. Remaining instances of these Intamin Parachute Towers. The Tokyo Dome one is a little bit shorter than the Six Flags ones But it's the only one left with these stand-up vehicles. It's called the Skyflower. It's a, a really a, a Tokyo institution So when we wrote that we just had a great time. I, I love these rides I think they still offer a, a pretty thrilling and special experience even like a great adventure I think the Parachute Tower and Zumanjaro together complement each other nicely um that's really a great park if you if you love these oddball intamins.
0: Um now next up is Excalibur. Or an in Infinity Falls and Shipwreck Rapids. So if anyone knows these names, you should at least know some of these. These are the Intamin Rapids Rides. Yes. Obviously, Intamin has made many different kinds of rapid Rides, including the really big ones from the 80s. Yeah. We're not really going to focus on those because they really don't offer that much of an experience except for, like, going down the Rapids and getting wet. But they're really kind of mad, in my opinion. Yeah. But there's a couple of highlights, um, including Excalibur, which is located in Moorpark, Germany. Opened as the Never Ending Story, a highly themed rapid ride, like rapid ride, dark ride combo themed to the famous Wonder Brothers uh, franchise, um, the Never Ending Story. And then it turned into a kind of whatever ride in between. Um, and now it, they relaunched it in 2018 as Excalibur, the Secrets of the Dark Forest. Highly themed dark ride. Um, Rapid ride combo, which is really nice. Of course, then we have Shipwreck Rapids, similar boat size, uh, located in Seoul, San Diego. Really so n- underrated. Really nicely integrated. I think maybe the best integrated water ride I've ever, well, um, best integrated rapid ride, um, maybe anywhere because it really has like it has that giant ship that's also a restaurant that also serves as like the indoor section of the of the of the rapid ride. Yeah. You have the whole dining areas, which are located on little islands throughout the Shipwreck Rapids course and then you have animal exhibits spread throughout and then on the ride itself you have several animal exhibits including um sharks and flamingos and sea turtles and yeah, you go to like to go to this like beached um ship that's like filled with water and then there's glass windows and you can see all the animals like it's really really neat and um the rock work is awesome it's definitely a super underrated rabbit's ride in the grand scheme of things it's, it's one of the better ones out there and then, you know, staying on the topic of SeaWorld, a SeaWorld Orlando's Infinity Falls, while a little bit less heavy on the animal focus, um, very modern approach to a classic rapid ride. Kind of has a classic rapid ride feel here and there, but they kind of take more risk. There's a lot more rapids, there is a lot more speed, and of course, you have that actual drop in the elevator. Um, aesthetically pleasing. Really nicely landscaped. It's located on ride. two levels of the, of the park, despite it being Orlando, so it's not like a natural level. <laughs> um, really, really cool. And, of course, if you think Intamin, you've got to think Rapids Ride at oh, some point. Yeah. So.
1: And on the subject of Intamin water rides, of course, the Rapids ride was, like, the one that started it all. That was one of Intamin's very, very first projects, was building uh, a Rapids-based attraction for Six Flags' Astroworld Park. Uh, but now we're moving on to Flume Rides, traditional inline flume attractions from Intamin. Sometimes they kind of bleed into the coaster uh, category of things, but the main Intamin flume that we want to talk about, which we also happen to count as a credit because it's basically a water coaster, is Chiapas at Fantasia Land that has the steepest drop on any water ride, if Chiapas I'm not mistaken. Chiapas, I love this thing. The restraints aren't the most comfortable thing in the world, but we understand that, like, in this era of drop, of, uh, um, Flume rides with these incredibly steep drops. You can't just, like, plop people down in a traditional log like you used to. Um, but, yeah, Chiapas is amazing. It's, like, basically what every amusement park wants is their log flume. If, if you are an amusement park and you don't have a log flume and you think, like, well, would a log flume still be marketable today in this park? Well, just think of Chiapas, basically. Um, and then, the, of course, the other, like, most uh, iconic Intamin flume attraction would be um, Valhalla, which is being remodeled and reopening um, in spring of this year, I believe. I had excellent rides on it in 2015. It is like an e-ticket dark ride experience that's also an extremely wet and thrilling intimate log flume, so we look forward to hearing reviews of um, Valhalla when it reopens from our ECK chapter uh, of Coaster Kings.
0: And Speaking of good dark rides in Europe, um, once upon a time there were two Bermuda Triangle Alien Encounter dark rides. um, Funky but highly themed, despite it maybe not aging as well. Um, there was one located on the Gold Coast at SeaWorld in Australia. And then there, uh, there was one located at Mufar, Germany as well. Again, Mufar, Germany was built um, as one of new in world with a large, intimate budget. There was just almost only intimates. Um, and so this was a, a major dark ride for them. Relaunched as Area 51 in 2019? 19, I think. Yes, so... Um, of course, Intamin is also very well known in the in the dark ride world. We'll go into that in a second. But mm-hmm. I also had um, Perilous Plunge
1: and Hydro. Yeah, the, uh, the the continuing on the Flume Tangent from Rapids Rides to Log Flumes to like shoot the shoot spillwater type rides, another major Intamin um, development. The the Intamin Splashwater Falls type rides yielded things like Bermuda Triangle at Movie Park Germany, big like themed uh family shoot the shoot rapids rides with like lots of uh, themed elements and, like, backwards portions and stuff. And then they went uh, even further into the, like, scary, intense, coaster esque uh, direction with a ride like Perilous Plunge and uh, Hydro. Uh, Perilous Plunge, of course, Maltzberry Farms, Intim- uh, Intamin Super... I forget what they're called. I forget, they had a special name for them. But um, the iconic and ill-fated, almost vertical, shoot the shoot ride where once you hit the water, it felt like taking a fire hose straight to the face... Uh, they made a lot of adjustments to this ride because it, this one and hydro at Oakwood and Wells, uh, both of them threw people out of the boat at different occasions, r- relatively close to each other so um, the rides were full of problems, but they were spectacular and iconic and basically, like dive roller coasters that threw you into a lagoon. the one at Oakwood is still open it 's got this like horrible solid steel shoulder harness. Restraint configuration, but it is if this you could... still open. I heard rumors of it being closed forever. It might be. When we wrote it in 2015, it was like still fairly popular, and I think it's as far as I know, it's still op- well. I don't know. Are you going to look it up? Yeah, yeah. So,
0: can I look it up one second?
1: But yeah, these rides were. I, I just can't believe these things got built. They're like spectacular and horrifying. I don't think they're on Roller Coaster Database. They don't count them as coasters. You'd have to do some detective work on another channel, but. These were incredible intimate rides, and um, they just were... I think they were a little ahead of their time, and maybe a little too niche. It's kind of amazing to think that Knott's Berry Farm had something like that that was, like, so unbelievably spectacular, but it was definitely in the era of them, like, competing with Six Flags Magic Mountain and their level of, like, crazy, intense things. But uh, moving on now from water rides, Intamin's Dark Ride uh, complement is, like, pretty... Like, there's a lot of dark rides that we think of um, when we think of, like, standout Orlando-based attractions. But I think one of the most important ones worth talking about would be um, the E.T. Adventure. Really, not just Orlando, but in Hollywood and um, Osaka, originally. That's an Intamin classic, like the suspended bicycle dark ride system. Really classic, super fun, typical Intamin uh, weirdness. Industry-changing, uh, kind of limit-pushing sort of thing.
0: It's still open. It is still open. Underdrenched, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I, yeah. They had changed the they changed the name In from to drenched. I, I can't remember how close that was to the. I guess it had been a while after, since the incident, but yeah, they rebranded it. Um, and then, of course, there's the enhanced motion vehicle Intamin dark rides, Indiana Jones Adventure um, at Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. There is Dinosaur, of course, at Animal Kingdom, and Sultan's Adventure, the mysterious and rarely discussed 4th EMV Dark Ride, located at Lifu Village in Taiwan. We did a throwback article based on um, Lifu Village not too long ago, so if you go to Coaster Kings, if you Google Coaster Kings Lifu Village, L-E-O-F-O-O Village, um, you'll pull up our throwback article about this bizarre and amazing intimate Showcase Park. That um, features this rare and unique and very expensive dark ride. And then, last and not la- least,
0: is the Efteling's Fata Morgana, which is a towboat system dark ride. It's very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean, but Pirates of Arabia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 1001 Arabian Nights. So, a oh, great thing about this is a heavily animatronic based dark ride. Um, but the nice thing about the Intamin towboats is that the boats always were equi- equidistant from each other so like every scene you would always be the only boat in the scene a problem with the flume rides, for example from pirates of the caribbean at the disney parks minor shanghai is that um your boats will very frequently bump into other boats and kind of catch up with one another and there's always a plenty of boats in the same scene but the uh fata Marhana system you know the, the towboat system um every boat is attached to a rope that is with a giant motor in the station pulls through the entire dark
1: ride. It's like a big pulley system underwater. But the
0: great thing is, is that means that every except like every boat is equidistant from each other. So there, you'll always be the sole boat in every scene. And there's lots of moving doors and stuff because you're able to do that, um, and which really makes this ride one of the one of the more unique dark rides in that regard. Totally. Um, high capacity, but very very much more a little more immersive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move
1: on to coasters. So in transitioning from uh, Intamin's amazing complement of non-coaster attractions into their coaster technology. Really, from the get-go, Intamin was building everything else before they were building coasters, but um, in the mid-80s, especially with their um, subcontract agreement with Giovanola, they made a seismic uh, development in the industry with Six Flags Great America's Z-Force, the Intamin Space Diver. Um, I wrote it as flashback at Six Flags Magic Mountain. I was six years old. I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Most people hated it because it would totally box your ears and give you a concussion. But as terrible as this ride was for a lot of people who wrote it, um, the significance of this ride's development cannot be understated in the overall timeline of roller coaster technology because this was the first roller coaster to include a four-cross seating configuration, that boxy cubicle spine type system that would later be ubiquitous with B&M rides. I mean, that ride system, the track bed hasn't really changed much in the last over 30 years since this ride was developed, and it's still, it's everywhere. Every B&M coaster that you see, every B&M coaster in the world has flashback at Magic Mountain uh, as, its, as its common ancestor. The development of this ride system that is still an industry-leading uh, system of ride... Uh, manufacturing to this day, so that's one we really wanted to talk about and start with, even though it wasn't a lot of people's favorite. And for those who are like, "Oh,
0: Z Force? Question mark? Question mark? Flashback at Signal Magic Mountain is what we're talking about. Um,
1: just the intimate space ever. Yeah. And next we have Balder. Balder. The intimate prefab wooden coasters are, of course, like I think a lot of people's favorite. Most people who've ridden El Toro, I think, would say that it's among their favorite wooden coasters. If you've ridden Balder at Leesburg, that is just a fabulous, airtime-laden little layer cake of delight. Um, choosing between the two is really hard because they're such different rides. I haven't ridden Balder in 10 years, so I'd really need to go back and ride it again. But based on what I've heard from recent ride, like, ride experiences from that ride, it's held up incredibly well. Um, but El Toro is one that we've definitely, the both of us, have had like a little bit more experience with personally.
0: So, yeah, it's kind of wild to think in 2006, um, in my opinion, far before the, the GCI boom, there were really modern, comfortable, high speed wooden coasters around. Of course, the Intimate Prefab, everyone knows it. Um, El Toro is, of course, one of our absolute favorites. Um, the length of the train and then having those, you know, the first drop, especially sitting in the back, getting whipped over. <laughs> Bungee, um, crazy bucking. There are several buddies. really impressive movements on that ride. They're really um, are better than anything else in the wooden coaster world. And then there's a couple moments that are whatever to me. But generally speaking, Al Toro definitely belongs in our list of
1: favorite um, intimate. I think these intimate prefabs really wet everyone's appetite for for like RMC type rides that like outrageous, rocketing out of your seat, like steel coaster level engineering with like a wooden coaster vibe and aesthetic. Um so I think even though the Intamin ones were expensive to the point where only four were built because they were kind of cost prohibitive. Um, they're really iconic. Yeah. T Express
0: like half El Toro, half Balder. Yeah. The first half is completely El Toro. Totally. Second half is complete Balder. Yeah.
1: Very long. It's got that high speed figure eight like in the dirt after the camelback Hill, and then you go up in the mid-course and then it's Balder. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Um, so we now must go back to Efteling to talk about the late great Bob. Um, which was unironically my favorite roller coaster at Efteling until it was um, demolished at the end of 2019, I believe. The Intamin Swiss Bob coasters were like Flashback and some of the other non-coaster developments we've talked about on this podcast already. Were another Giovanola partnership. Um, I just thought the Intamin Swiss Bobs were so fun and unique, and obviously they they haven't aged super well. Um, there's really they're kind of disappearing to the point where I think we only have a couple left. Uh Six Flags Ever, Texas, as you can still enjoy to this day. Um, The Great Escape has one, although I don't often hear of people being able to ride it, but Bob was the best. It was custom. It had the trees had grown in so beautifully. I think Max and Moritz is like a great replacement for it and definitely a much higher capacity use of that space because Bob's capacity was terrible. But um it was a unique, special, classic, classic intimate roller coaster experience that um will forever live on fondly in my memory. Um Continuing with some oddball European um, Intamin stuff, we're going to jump over to Paris to talk about one of my favorite guilty pleasure coasters, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril, which that was I be- that was one of Intamin's first projects with Disney. It was definitely their first coaster, and it was such a funny ride in the sense that like Paris needed a coaster really quickly, something with a loop, something that was thrilling, and somehow they got the idea in their head to take the Pinfari looping coaster production model and then asked Intamin to like build a version of it for them. And it worked. It was ultimately very successful. And this goofy little ride that was meant to be like a temporary supplement for the struggling Disneyland Paris Resort project has become um, a cult classic and a favorite of many of all ages and um, would lead to other Intamin looping coasters throughout the Disney chain.
0: Of course, the most infamous one is the late California Screamin'. Now, Incredicoaster. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> they definitely it went from our being like one of our favorite favorites to kind of being like okay, we, well, wrote that we like the layout all we the time. Don't love it anymore because we really can't stand the soundtrack, and also it's just um, seems after they reinstalled the launch system, it seems to be a little more problematic than before. However, um, Incredicoaster um, at Disney's California Adventure at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. Phenomenal when it comes to layout. Um, very long. Still the longest coast in the world to feature an inversion. Um, using an LSM system to have your first mode of, of um, propulsion being a launch and then the second being a LAM-powered lift hill, which is really unique. Ride right, was super ahead of its time. Um, great, great drops, great pacing, um, lots of just big turns, lots of use of speed. Um, and then the loop itself is a little wonky because they didn't want it to be too supportive. They yeah. wanted it to really be kind of like... A minimalist, so they could focus on the giant backdrop that Supporting they built behind it. Ruined the vibe, so, so they, they no. <laughs> have reinstalled that loop several times. It, it is like, by far, it's the only shaky part of the ride. It's yeah. like the intimate rattle moment that you, <laughs> that you inevitably must have. Um, and of course, I it finishes off with a bunch of little bunny hops, um, providing actual decent air. So, overall, really, really good, um, intimate coaster. Um, has the unique trains that only lasted for like two coasters, which were the trains that are also seen on. Um, Jubilee Odyssey, no, what is it called? The yeah, one Jubilee in Malaysia? Odyssey. Is that what it's called? Yes. The uh, one in no, Malaysia? Um,
1: sorry, Supersonic Odyssey. Supersonic Odyssey. Jubilee Odyssey is the the, is int- the in- custom the- intimate. SLC, you of coma? Fukoma? Yeah, the custom Fukoma. Oh my yes. god. Um, Struggling. Wow, right? Yeah. So, yes, um, also seen in Malaysia on Supersonic Odyssey. But those trains are basically like Cop Car Chase and Indiana Jones. But it's full first, length version. But like full length yeah, version. Which and full the full original Intiman Eight Looper um, in Central America had those same trains too oh, before they moved on to the Colossus Thorpe Park style. I
0: don't know why they ever went away from it because the Colossus or the Ten Inversion Coaster in, um, Chao Paradise, Paradise. We weren't even going to talk about
1: Ten Inversion Coaster because we didn't well, they're not we're our crazy favorite. about it. <laughs> but it was a thing that happened and so now we're talking
0: but about I mean, it. Uh, mean, Mentioning Guangzhou, let's go to Guangzhou Cynic Land yes. again, in South China. Um, you may know it is really bright green and bright red racing roller coaster. One is the invert, one is the sit down, Dueling Dragons, It seemed like a fever dream when they were constructing it, and we were were actually in the region, and we were like, aha, we're going to hit this right up, let's hit it. Obviously, China operations, one side was down, we waited all day, never opened, so we only wrote the The sit-down version. However, rumor has it sit-down is the better version. Um, It's pretty much like an intimate blitz, Blitz. which is no longer an official word that they use, but instead of it being... Just like a take a straight takeoff, it it's a swing launch. So you leave the station, full circuit shuttle coaster. Um, you have a vertical spike of about like 150 feet off, if I'm not mistaken. That was
1: actually a highlight of the ride for me. And I
0: then you launch forward again through the giant loop, and then there's a dive loop, um, and there's uh, lots of really interesting elements that we've never seen before, including like like a, a course crew that becomes a, uh, a like an inline roll and there's all sorts of different like elements and tunnels and it's a very very fascinating ride because it doesn't feel like anything Intamin has ever done before or since you know Intamin has lots of variety but when you look at the product lines kind of like Tyron, Steel Dolphin, Flaskozer we'll talk about those um, they usually kind of feel very similar this one felt very different not only because it had the swing launch which is only a few of them uh, there's another one in China, we'll hopefully ride in 2023. Um, but also, just because the elements, the way they interacted with, with the two tracks and the elements they created, they were very, very unique. Definitely a highlight for us. I can't wait to go back and hopefully ride the green side. Right. Um, speaking of China, we also have Steel Dolphin, uh, located in Shanghai Haichang Ocean Park, located in the Pudong um, region, of the Pudong district of Shanghai, so not too far from Disney in the airport. Um, great roller coaster, Definitely, like, a half-family coaster, half-high thrill. There are some moments, like, the launch in the beginning is very good. There's a really good top hat with some crazy air. But then there's, for example, a giant hill over the river that really doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um,
1: it's got that off-axis airtime hill that festoons the entrance of the park. Exactly. And then you do, like, a little looper on the entrance plaza. Yeah. Decent decent underground tunnel. Decent
0: forces, but nothing crazy. Then you have another launch, over um, which goes over the river back to the other side of the park. Um, that leads into a couple of really intense airtime moments. And some really quick transitions before hitting the brakes. And a little water splash. This is one of those rides that really kind of just, like, circumnavigates the park um, while it's doing its thing. Almost like a lower-to-the-ground Storm Runner, except for no inversions. But um, highly entertaining. Very good ride. For a second, when we rode it, I was like, oh, this is my favorite because it was so different. Yeah. For, you know, because it was so sprawling, so spread out. I think it crossed over itself literally once. I guess twice because you have that one helix in the opening closet. Yeah, the and helix then once the you have to cross over... Bunch. Yeah, so, like, you really only cross over yourself twice, and so that's really kind of unique for Intimate. Before Velocicoaster, it was my favorite Intimate multi-launch. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of dive into the even more modern versions yeah. of launch coasters. Now, of course, Intimate yeah. has a wide a variety of launch coasters that are our favorites. Uh, but before we get there, we're actually going to jump to Europe and talk about the um, the age of the hypers back when everyone kind of knew post Y2K yeah the late 2000 like the late 1990s and like you know start this fascination with hypercoasters and Intamin was like all on it early 2000s yeah, all about it um, and of course we have um, Goliath at Wallaby Holland added in 2002 by Badass. Six Flags. Icon. Not even that tall. We call it a Mini Hyper because, you know, by American standards, looking at 200 feet, it wouldn't be a hypercoaster. But, yeah. you know, those hyper labels... style. I don't vibe with those labels because it's definitely a hypercoaster because it isn't as tall. Um, it feels and rides like a hypercoaster. Very intense airtime moments. A great first drop. Great, um, unique stangle dive. There's only two of them now, uh, if you count the one on Skybrush, And, of course, um, it has iconic helices, one over the water, and then you know, the triple finale with the triple hills... And then a quick S turn, half helix back towards the final break run. One of my favorite instruments. It feels very classic, but it has a lot more kick to it than rides Flag Millennium Force. It's for aged example. really well,
1: yeah. Um, another one which we hear hasn't aged quite as well, although we'll, we'll reserve our applause or tomatoes for when we ride it again ourselves. Expedition G Force at Holiday, but clubs a Holiday Park. Uh, in Germany. This ride, when it opened, was like the ultimate roller coaster experience, I feel. People talked about this ride for years. I don't hear about it as much now. It I was wonder. a big deal. We I mean, think roller coasters are going through Yeah. <laughs> it was, that ride was, I mean, I really enjoyed my rides on it. I thought it was awesome. I look forward to riding it again. That first drop, I still think, is like its bread and butter movement. Uh, the middle of the ride, I don't, you know, isn't like super eventful, but it starts off strong, it finishes strong with that four Airtime Hill finale. Um, and really, only like Conda, I think, has a drop that's like akin to that like crazy ninety degree turn, ninety degree steepness um, drop experience. But like a great ride worth mentioning, and look forward to riding it again someday. Hopefully, we get some good rides on it um, there in the future. I
0: mean, speak of like vertical,
1: vertical drops and spiraling experiences. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about the the non looping airtime Intamin machines more as we continue. But now we're gonna take a talk uh, at the Intamin Impulse coasters. Um, these funky, iconic, early generation uh, multi-launch inverted shuttle coasters. Like, honestly, they were way ahead of their time and I think that's why the ones that they are... They are so expensive to operate. It's expensive. funny how expensive Is it like five grand through? per dispatch I think it's like stupid? two grand or something. <laughs> yeah, It's still a lot, it's a lot of money. Um, of course, the one that we talk about the most, I think, is the one at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom because it was so infamously built uh, against the ordinances of the city of Vallejo, California so they had to Lop off the back spike a little bit, and they took the forward twist spike and made it into a yeah,
0: and like upside down. Pretty much, it had to rebuild or, the whole I mean, ride because
1: the, the track for the forward <laughs> spike was completely. You, custom there, manufactured. There will again. never be a more epic fail. I mean, I guess there are some. The amount of steel fails, needed
0: for like that forward
1: twist <laughs> and then that whole ramp run out. was literally like the prize of two impulse It posters. was hilarious. So that one, but that now they have a really iconic ride, and we thought they were going to chop it because it's so inconsistent. But they actually doubled down on it and, and made it into the Flash, and I uh hope that you know I, I look forward to to more rides on that in the future i think that's a pretty special ride for discovery kingdom um wicked twister rest at soul that was one of our favorites at cedar point we loved that ride we got such a great ride on it your first ride on it when we, we like rode yeah i really liked wicked twister sat, really, really. like row 17 or something and like the backward spike on that thing was just crazy um now we have to go to what is it? Uh, Sunak, uh, Chongqing, Sunak? Chongqing Sunak land. Sunak land arrived, which is kind of cool because Double Twin Dragon.
0: Double Twin Dragon, um, with the modern age comes modern engineering. So, what Intamin did is instead of having the spirals being like um, the same the radiance same, of yeah. turning at the same time, they get um, tighter, they get tighter as the higher you go up because the less speed you have going, yeah. you know, going higher. The tighter the, t- the turn gets, so like your, your twisting is at the same speed. Very, very interesting how they designed it. It's mm-hmm. definitely a very modern approach it looks to it. It so but I really, different, look, I really hope it's
1: successful. It's Wicked Twister yellow. It's a nice little homage in my mind. And it has lap bars, which I think is a cool um, development for that ride. But yeah, I think the Impulse coasters are killer. There's one more Intamin launched invert we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, But next, we're going over to Universal Studios Orlando. That's not a thing. Universal Universal Orlando Orlando Resort. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. My
0: bad. Um, So, of course, then there's (laughs) Intimate back on its, like, dark ride shit. And that is a good example here is, of course, the two infamous Intimates that are Harry Potter-themed at the Universal Orlando Resort. I'm going to talk about Hagrid real quick. Uh, First of all, it's the most launched any roller coaster in the world. Very technologically advanced. We really love that ride. Because um, of course it has the seven launches, but it has moving track pieces. It has switch tracks. It has spoiler. I mean, at this point you better know drop tracks. It has a lot going on.
1: It's like a Um, family really highly themed. It's like so many different product lines in one. It's a dark ride, story coaster, family drop coaster like thirteen at Alton Towers. It's a family motorbike coaster like Jet. Rescue—it's—it's it's all of these things in one, it's and really nicely
0: balanced with show scenes. Um, of course, Hagrid's all the hype, and everyone's heard about it. Loves the ride, yeah. Um, but it really is a uh, an astonishing feat the way they can move. I think it's ten trains at once, maybe yeah. nine um, through the tracks, seven launches while also having um, moving track pieces, and the trains don't stop. So it's really, really unique, um, very, very expensive. I think the total project was $300 million, yeah.
1: so it's very expensive. Yeah, the most expensive roller coaster project ever. Um, but
0: super, super neat, um,
1: so obviously that's one of our favorites. And then the there's the other Intamin Harry Potter coaster, which... When I think when Escape from Gringotts opened in, like, Diagon Alley at Universal Studios Florida, like, that was a huge, huge thing. It was so well-loved, and people were so hungry for more Harry Potter, and I think Diagon Alley as an area has aged really well, and I think it still remains, like, the better-looking and more immersive of the two Harry Potter areas in Florida. Uh, Escape from Gringotts doesn't feel quite as spectacular and substantial, I think, as it did when it opened. I think Forbidden Journey has aged really well and is still, like... That bitch. Whereas Escape from Green when I ride it, I feel like okay, it's a little shorter than I remember. There's no pra- like There's no um, animatronic scenes or anything in the ride. It's all um, just screens and stuff. But it's a well done ride. It's got some great uh, quirks. In it. The tilt drop, of course, which was actually done by Bakoma. Im- Universal employed Intamin to do a majority of this ride, but like I believe Premier worked on the trains. They were kind of based on the train setup for the Mummy. Um, and then Vakoma did the, the tilt drop, but um, by and large, it's an Intamin product. It's very akin to some of Intamin's dark ride um, attract, almost like a, a roller coaster version of the enhanced motion vehicle dark ride experience. Um, but it's still a really fun, great ride in its own right. Very well polished, like a very very keen and crisp. This is kind of what I sometimes refer to as a, you know how
0: BM has the
1: wider, bigger track for the dive coaster?
0: This is like Intamin's wide, big yeah. track coaster because it has a really wide, very classic wide Intamin track triangle yeah. track, you know? Yeah. It's funny.
1: It's probably the best one to start with. I think if you're going to Universal Studios Florida or Universal Orlando Resort you start in Diagon Alley, start with Green Gots and then take the train to Hogwarts and, and do the other, maybe more spectacular uh, Harry Potter rides, particularly Hagrid's. Um, but on the subject of that We've
0: got Well next I think we should move over to the uh, What I call the mega multi-launchers From Intamin yeah. um, So the, the greatest example the we big, can give here is yeah. um, All speeds in Chengdu And of course better known The original, the original Taron, Taron At Phantasialand in Brühl, Germany mm-hmm. um, Taron we like the ride. I will say I don't love the ride We were anymore. crazy about that ride, and then we Velocicoaster, were open, Velocicoaster
1: ruined it for us.
0: So, uh, that <laughs> one has, has the theming and the, and the world-building assets where you're really within these volcanic, volcanic rockwork thingies, whatever it's actually called. Um, high speed, really good pacing, but, again, the elements are all very lateral and, like, airtime-focused, which isn't a insane. bad thing, but yeah. it's all
1: kind of, you know, a repetition. But then there's, of course, Velocicoaster. Velocicoaster, back to Universal again. It's like... I think Universal Orlando Resort is just like continuing to knock it out of the park with these Intamin projects because Velocicoaster is just a victory lap after the seismic impact of Hagrid. Um, Velocicoaster is just perfect. I just wouldn't change anything about it. It's it's got it all. We have a whole episode on it. Yeah, it's called Let's Go Intamin Velocicoaster. So you yeah. have to check that out. And our Crystal Crowd Awards, like we just we we awarded it. A, I think a pretty prestigious award. Um, one that seems pretty broad, but the more we thought about it, the more we're like, no, this ride deserves it. There's a lot of competition in this category, but, like, VelociCoaster deserves it. So, yeah, make sure you check out our Crystal Crown Award article and listen to the Crystal Crown podcast if you haven't. Episode have 47. Um, if you want some uh, serious VelociCoaster gushing. Um and I think from here, let's talk a little bit more about the, uh, the regional intense. park. Okay, so regional park, intimate juggernauts.
0: When you think of best intimates or when you think of like favorite intimates, not necessarily these people's favorites because they're so intense, but I think everyone always has a couple that come to mind and those are Intimidated Three or Five and Sky Rush. I'm gonna kinda talk about together because these they are, are their own little mini generation of yes. Intamin being like, Hey, let's reinvent the wheel. Um and we know how Intamin's been doing since, since the beginning <laughs> of Intamin. When they are reinventing the wheel, they're making it super intense and pushing the envelope. And uh, with Intimate 305, uh, obviously riddled with problems upon opening. Um, <laughs> needed to have brakes installed on the first drop. New train. The new firing. train. The whole, the whole helix at the bottom of the first drop was created. Was turned into a ramp into the next element. That gave the us water all.
1: sprinklers on the brake ramp. Definitely turned into
0: a situation where the ride. Push too many limits too quickly but you know that's just the intimate but thing that's to do I love um, yeah. but yes i305 absolutely spectacular super intense one of my favorites that's one of those rides where I will legit gray out and be yeah. gray out for like 30 seconds yeah. like if I ride too many times in a row um, they will make you go around as the two rides because it's, it's that intense yeah. um, I haven't seen anything since ever again super super intense but whatever, what comes close though is Sky Rush which, um, you know, only Skyrush will throw you over a 200-foot lift hill at a high speed. It's almost like a launch lift hill. And then, um, a th- right after that, have a really sharp turn at the bottom of the drop. And then straight into a 100-feet airtime hill. Meaning yeah. that, like, the speed at which you navigate this airtime hill is so intense, it's so El fast. It's El
1: Toro-level violence.
0: But you're, like, you are flying at of seat. That entire ride is out of control. The wing seats are absolutely insane it is so incredibly intense I think that's why I like it's one of the few rides that still kind of scary. scares me i305 it's a scary ride and particularly Skyrush scared me I get to the top of those lift so I'm like okay fuck like sorry for <laughs> like, like, shit it's gonna happen like
1: you know Sky Rush is for me when I first saw Skyrush I'm like it's an Intamin Megalite which we're not really talking about those that much because we think they're overrated uh, but it's an Intamin Megalite and i305 had a baby um and gave it little wing seats and uh, yeah that right. I remember when like the promos came out for like some no limits edit with yeah. like these trains, whatever. Um
0: but it really is one of Intamin's best project uh, pro- products. I know that people complain about the restraints. That was definitely like a one off restraint yeah. system. Um they don't they bother made me as much. Yeah. Um but overall Sky Rush and, and I Three Five, when we have like a conversation about like our favorite Intamins, those
1: always come. I think up, those like, are right the, the favorite of like American based, um, Intamin favorites. I think not Velocicoaster I think is the first coaster which is. I think Velocicoaster is, is
0: the third yeah, yeah.
1: Since then that we're like, yeah. wow, this is really that not cool. Since that Sky came. Rush have we seen something so unilaterally beloved by so many people. Um, but speaking of well-loved Intamin launch coasters and things that really push the limits, of course we have to talk about the Intamin Strata coasters. We have to talk about Top Thrill Dragster and Kingda Ka. Um, we love these rides. We actually are in, the, the I think, the minority here when we say we... We are Kingda Ka. We prefer Kingda Ka for a couple of reasons that are kind of unique to us. We actually prefer the Rolling Stock on Kingda Ka, not because we would rather have shoulder harnesses than lap bars, because we wouldn't, but because there's more There's more, more leg room. Yeah. Because,
0: like, the shoulder harness... Um, obviously, it doesn't take up anything but by the on feet. On the floor. But the floors of the Intimate Accelerator coasters that like use the lep bars, Accelerator or Top to t- Direction, for example, there's almost, like, no place to put your feet. And there is actually one row on, t- on Top to Direction, front row. Yeah. I cannot fit. You can't even I cannot, fit. I cannot get in because my feet are too
1: big. So, like, if we want front row rides on <laughs> these things, like, we have to ride... King the Ka. and I think King Takah's launch is more spectacular.
0: Even though it's um, only a few feet taller, it needs so much more speed to yeah. crest that hill, and the trains are heavier. Yeah, that on, they are heavier on, on King, King the, the, Ka, the speed is significantly more noticeable. I feel like Tatsu Dragon's launch. Uh, launch Feels very insignificant compared to King the Ka. And we've had the privilege of riding both in the same week because
1: we kind of are like,
0: there, we're and like that. And oh, that was now first to time ride the purpose riding both one. of them. So you rode King yeah, the Ka for the, the same first week. time,
1: and then a week later you rode Dragster for the first time. And even when I even though I had already ridden both coasters, riding them a week apart and riding King the Ka and then turning around and riding Dragster, I was like, oh, okay. Um, when you ride Dragster after King the Ka, I feel like the, the, the big camelback hump with the brake run on King Clearly the Ka missing. is also noticeable. I mean, absent. here's the
0: thing um, when your ride is literally just a launch and then like a big top hat and a break run, um, having an extra element is, like, suddenly twice the amount Yeah, it feels like you have twice <laughs> You know, twice you got twice the twice closer, even though it's, like, really not that much extra. Um, um, but it really does but add, a yeah, like, more, extra more importantly, output.
1: like, we love both of these rides. They're super badass punk rock. We hope that um, Top Thrill Dragster um, opens some point in 2022. We know that it's still under investigation by the state of Ohio. Um, there's a lot of things that are probably going to happen before King the Deca- Or before, excuse me, before Dragster... Um, once again graces audiences with its presence. Um, so we're, we, ho- we hope for the best. We wish Cedar Point well um, in that endeavor. And speaking of Cedar Point, we of course, uh, when talking about Intamin's, when talking about um, the record breaker, icon, badass, punk rock experiences, um, Money in Force maybe isn't punk rock. Maybe it's more like soft rock. I also, it didn't used to be your favorite, but it definitely grown on me. It's grown on Now that Money in Force is 20 years old, I feel now like... No, I it has like, like, characters. I like Yes, exactly. Yeah. I enjoy the quirkiness and the millennium, force-ness millennium force ness of Money and Force. The forcelessness? For, more like forcelessness. The things about Money and Force that used to bother me, now I kind of just take them for what they are. Well, yeah, because now it's just like me. a mind channel. It's just like goofy, like. Quirks that I'm like, oh, that's just so Millennium Force. It's easier for me to appreciate the ride for what it is, um, whereas before I felt so distracted by. So I do want to take a moment untapped potential and bump in here and throw in a Giovanola comparison? Is it like
0: people still love to hate on Goliath and Titan? Yeah, because and they were they come from the exact same time period as Millennium Force. It, they're everyone's trying to push the limits and like nobody knew what a hypercurve was going to be yet because they were still being invented, and so. I'm just always amazed that Millennium Force gets so much love for being not really that great of a hyperbolester, I mean, or whatever, but in Goliath, everyone gets yeah, great, so but like, Goliath oh, is way more having...
1: force, and I feel like Goliath really beats me up a lot more than Millennium does. I'm really glad you brought up Giovanola in general, because I think when having an intimate episode, it's you can't not talk to Giovannola. talk about the yeah. Giovanola trio, where the only three coasters that Giovanola completely designed and manufactured themselves independently of Intamin's design firm. Uh, but yeah, people have a lot of audacity. You got a lot of nerve saying that Millennium Force is like all that in a bag of chips and then talking about, like, well, Goliath doesn't have any airtime. Bitch, Millennium Forest doesn't have that much airtime either. Like, yeah, they
0: both have really good airtime, for sure. But I feel like Millennium Forest is more have, meandering. They both have Both riots have,
1: like, Goliath, two that's a great airtime moments, and that's really all you need. Like, Goliath, the sponsor
0: Jesus, one of the best
1: coasts in the world. Also, Goliath runs, Goliath really. runs like not only, I guess yesterday. It was. Yeah, for real. Whereas Millennium Force... You know, runs like a 20-year-old intimate. It's got that rattle. But it's whatever. It's whatever. Um, I mean, talking about Millennium Force and kind of like an old 8-inch Got to talk about Japan Millennium gotta talk Force. About,
0: we got to talk about mid-Tokyo Tokyo Millennium Forest Millennium Force Thunder Dolphin, located on the rooftops of the LaQua Mall. And um, right Dome next City. to Tokyo Dome yep. City. And this park is really interesting with this lock flume and its parachute drop tower. Oh, like yeah, that's another Intamin
1: flume. the um, sweat flume.
0: Yeah, Vakari sweat.
1: Yeah, that, <laughs> that's a sports drink,
0: by the yeah. way. Um, Thunder Dolphin kind of has the, has millennial forestishness, where like it doesn't really have a lot of force, but it's all about kind of, like, scale. Not a lot airtime, but yeah, it's about... So like, it has a really solid first visuals. drop. It's and a big visuals. And then it kind of just climbs all the way to the top of the roof of the mall, and it kind of just moves around. It has remote. a lot of drop. Nice and dive. lots of meandering. Friends the Ferris wheel,
1: the hub was Intamin Ferris wheel.
0: Um, but overall, a very pleasant ride, almost like Millennium, because there there is definitely some character, and it definitely does a lot of, like, meandering, but it's it's pleasant. Like, there's a couple of good moments, and a couple of moments where you're like, you know, you're just kind of enjoying the pacing. Um, I like it a little I, more, I the
1: Millennium Force, because the location oh, is so it's definitely more spending. unique, being it's in the middle of Tokyo. So spectacular. It's got that yeah. amazing superstructure that's uh, based on suspension bridge technology, because the ride had to have, like, a really narrow footprint to not... Extend out over property that Lacroix didn't own, or like roads and like metro infrastructure and stuff. So the ride has like this super narrow footprint that uses suspension bridge uh, buttressing. Really, so really, yeah, cool yeah. it we got some pictures yeah. all of our social media. Yeah. You, you, you can really kind of earthquake out. proof, you know. So that was actually one of the most expensive. Also, there just wasn't a whole lot of space to put at the time. supporting. But yeah, like if you love all. Millennium force, if you lo- if you like Millennium force, if that's a ride for you, you gotta go to Japan and ride Thunder Dolphin because you will really love that ride. Um, we're staying on some Cedar Point shit for a minute, because, of course, now, the last Intamin that we haven't talked about yet for Cedar Point, that's actually still open, uh, is Maverick. We love Maverick. Maverick. We love Maverick. We like to say that Maverick is Cedar Maverick Point's... Maverick really revolutionary. Maverick, I think, is Cedar Point's only perfect ride. Would you agree? Like, I like Gatekeeper a lot, too. I guess, yeah, Gatekeeper... And I like
0: Rookeroo Roo a lot, too. I wouldn't change anything about like on the on like, an, on a classic... 90s, like, Looper Boom Scale, it's actually really good. I've written over a dozen B&M
1: Floorless Coasters, and Rougarou is my favorite. Sorry, not sorry. But yeah, I get But anyway, Maverick is, like, the perfect, I think it's, like, Cedar Point's one true, like, 10 out of 10, like, truly flawless... Spectacular coasters. That's really good. Even yeah. though I, like, love Magnum.
0: Like, I can fly and drive all the way. Like, I can fly out to the region, drive all the way to Cedar Point and only our Maverick and be
1: very satisfied yeah. on my way out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which, I think we had the ones. We had some stupid yeah. rainstorm rolled in and we're like, okay,
1: well, nigga, the we will go. We rode Magnum, was, Maverick, uh, the Mine Train, and Steel Vengeance, and then Bale, because of the weather. And we're like, all right, we're good. And, like, because we're Florida Coaster Kings, we have to talk about a little bit uh, Cheetah Hunt, which... Is probably nobody's favorite if they've ridden Maverick, but we love Cheetah Hunt. It's a great ride in its own right, and uh, more importantly, it's been a huge hit for Busch Gardens. The ride's ten years old now. It just reopened from refurbishment. It got repainted. It looks awesome. We haven't ridden it yet since it reopened, but well, yeah, the it's lines funny because in like a two way, hours,
0: but in a way, I feel like it's the most Busch Gardens Tampa ride ever, despite I, yeah, it being quite new. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to that ride. Um big shout out to our next ride, which is the uh Mine Train at Happy Valley, Shanghai. A unique but one of two Antamin uh Mine trains. There's one is it oh god what's the name Mind Train Elven. That's the one. Um phenomenal when it comes to its pacing. So um pretty much what this Mind Train does is it has um pretty decent rock work actually. And then it is mine it's in the Wild West themed you will go up a decently steep lift hill. The tire um, drives. And then this is followed by a, a twisting kind of like S-turn drop. Mm-hmm. And into just a variety of helices and figure eights. It's really fast-paced. Um, really different approach to a mine train. I almost wouldn't call it a mine train. I was like, God, I guess I don't know what else to call it. But this is really, really good ride. So um, best this way to describe this is to, him, uh, yeah, to look up on, on, on YouTube or something. Um, the Mine Train at Happy Valley Shanghai, mm-hmm. or go to our article on on our on the coaster kings. Just search coaster kings Happy Valley Shanghai, and you'll find pictures from above because we have lots of pictures of the ride from above. You can kind of see the layout. Really, really cool. Yeah, from really the fun ride. Flying
1: island that they have there. No, there's is a Oh, there's is a Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely one. I think my favorite ride at that park. Yeah. And now we're gonna go back stateside for a bit. We talked about like Europe's. Uh, mega coaster fascination with like expedition g-force and goliath but we have to talk about um the original intamin mega coaster the original intamin Hypercoaster of all places was at darien lake the, the original superman ride of steel was the first of that now ubiquitous product line um all three of the superman hypers for the premier parks era six flags parks in the northeast are pretty iconic I feel like when you ride the one at Darien Lake and the one at Six Flags America, you definitely... And then you ride, like, Goliath, and you think, like, this is... Like, why is this so much less eventful than, like, Goliath, which is admittedly a smaller coaster, but, like, that's progress for you. Still good rides in their own right. Um, The one, of course, that everyone talks about is the one at Six Flags New England, which we feel like... it's It's such a shame, because, like, we love that ride. It has a great layout, but the trains are so dreadful. Like, I just don't even... Like, the trains are so uncomfortable for both of us it's like a distraction from the ride and I just don't even associate positively with, with it anymore so I should, and then you go back and ride like again like you go back and ride Goliath while we haul in are like, oh my god this is perfect like the trains are perfect the layout is perfect like why why did this have to happen to Six Flags New England I really hold out one day maybe they'll get new trains like custom new trains and not like these horrible makeshift Frankenstein trains um but yeah I guess we'll see We also need to talk about intimate stand-up coasters. I've only ridden one, the 7-Up Shockwave, at Drayton Manor near Birmingham.
0: But you did like that, right, didn't you?
1: I loved it. It was great. It's the only stand-up coaster with a zero-G roll. That's a really amazing highlight. It's fast, squirrely. The vertical loop is almost circular. The first drop is this weird, like, it does half the drop, and then a sharp, like, 90-degree, almost bank turn, and then another drop into the loop. And then after the zero G roll, it's got this great like Millennium Force style straightaway, like the original, like the one <laughs> yeah. that Millennium Force took the inspiration from. And then a double corkscrew and then another U-turn into the station. Simple, effective, great ride. I regret not getting on any of the other Intamin standups. This is the only one left now is the, this, the Shockwave, but it's a, a great ride. and I hope Drayton Manor continues to reinvest in that ride because I think it's a, a neat asset and a really fun ride.
0: Um, next up, we're gonna talk about really unique assets and very fun rides: um, <laughs> Storm Runner and at Hershey Park, obviously uh, very well known again for its presence in Roller Coaster going 3, but also for its like <laughs> first kind of intimate launch coaster that did more than just like a top hat and then like a turn
1: or two in the brake run. I mean, these this uh, was like
0: revolutionary. The coasters were
1: still in their infancy, so for so a the ride-
0: fact that they built kind of like an accelerator kind of coaster. But instead of it having just two, like, a giant figure yeah. eight into the brake run, they added a variety of elements on the back end of it, including inversions. So, first of all, it has a killer first launch, because Hydraulic Launch, the is really good. Yeah. Then it has a killer um, set of inversions, including Immelman, a Immelman, and a the flying snake dive. Well, and of course, there's a the top hat, which is yeah. really good, because the top pad, um starts up higher when it enters it, then it goes down it, because it goes down a hill. Yeah. So, like, actually, the drop off the top is is larger. Uh, of course, then it has the flying snake dive, which is still one of Intamin's craziest elements. Every time I ride it, I'm kind of like, woo! And then, of course, it finishes with that weird banking situation up to the sloped lift, uh, slope brake run. So, all around, lots of cool and unique elements on Stormrunner. I think still my second favorite Hershey after, of course, Skyrush. Um, uh, Hershey is a good Intamin Park. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to mention Fahrenheit because yeah, we, we don't, don't like Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit that much. Fahrenheit so, um, here's your shout-out, Fahrenheit. Child. And then, of course, there is the original Accelerator, the Intamin Hydraulic Launch roller coasters, the ones that, you know, the one that led to Top Fuel Dragster, King Naka, Storm Runner, all the ones we've already mentioned. It all started with Accelerator at Knott's Berry Farm. Still a phenomenal ride, incredible acceleration. The launch track is really short compared to, to the later versions, so that launch really has a kick to it and it's still living for some reason. Uh, it was meant to not be living after the 2017 season, I think, when it was down for almost a year. Word on the street, was pretty much that it was done, and it was going to get replaced with something else. But now it's getting repainted, and it's operating again. And it looks like the ride has a couple more years left in its, in its lifespan, so we're excited about that. And in a theme park state that is not that big on the intimates, I will say that I think Accelerator
1: is, is definitely the best intimate area. Would you agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, this thing flies over the top hat, even though it's 200 feet tall, and you get so much airtime over the top hat. Um, some of our correspondents, Ian and Pete, uh, were at Knott's Berry Farm just the day after it had reopened from its uh, paint job closure, and this was their first rides on it after years of riding stuff like Top Dragster, and they definitely agree that Accelerator, even though it's smaller than Top Dragster, has like the better launch and like is the more thrilling. Um, overall ride, so I love that for us I love that for California Alright, so now, before we move on to our last subject, which is also a California classic we still need to talk about a couple more oddball European Intamin's and um, one that's no longer with us, the full circuit Intamin inverts um, I think are a pretty interesting era, it's funny how like the the impulse coasters, which are much more unusual I guess, B&M kind of Cornered the market, and really, uh, Vekoma did too. Unlike the traditional in- inverted coasters, so for Intamin, they only built two like standard lift hill, full circuit, inverts. One of which I rode uh, at Sarkanyemi, It was a good ride, but it wasn't really anything that special. The best parts were the inline rolls, the volcano, the blast coaster esque uh, inline rolls towards the end. But I feel like the pacing of it was a little bit off. It was like a really dramatically banked first drop, but you like crawl over it, so you're kind of just hanging sideways in the harness. I feel like that's what I remember the most about that ride. And then there's Volcano, Rest at Soul. That was such an interesting, like, unique ride. It was classic Intamin, and when it came out, it just felt like it was light years ahead of the game. Like, you could build a clone of Volcano somewhere at any park, and it would, it would be... It, it could pass for, like, a state-of-the-art, like, modern, uh, crazy thrill-ride experience. Um... Was it a little weird? And did it lack some elements? Yeah, sure. It did kind of seem to un- end like unceremoniously with a pretty large, sweeping Chandelle drop into the brakes. Uh, I always felt like that was kind of abrupt. But it was it was a unique, interesting ride, and it's a pity that the service life of it ended up being um, you know right at 20 years. Um, and then we have to talk about with like wonky one-off Intamin launch coasters. We have to talk about Tornado at Bakken, which is Intamin's for the longest time, their only spinning coaster. Now there's, they have a more straightforward spinning coaster that's being built um, at Nickelodeon Universe in Chongqing um, that just uses a more traditional lift style. But Tornado at and had, uh, like, a little lift hill, and then it would take off into a set of LIMs. I guess linear synchronous motors, whichever. Um, and that thing was just crazy. It felt like a car crash that lasted for, like, 30 seconds. I don't even remember the first half of it. Like once we took off, I like I grayed out and I like kinda came to and we were still like flying around inside the rides like gravity building. But that ride is spectacular and terrifying and still one of the most like intense roller coaster experiences I've ever been on. Um probably why there hasn't been any more LSM spinning launch coasters, but um a unique, very uh notable intamin that I won't soon forget regardless.
0: I mean speaking of <laughs> Intimates that weren't, weren't cloned very frequently, um, <laughs> we have the first ever, I guess it's the first ever electro, uh, um, Magnetic LSM. Launch Coaster, yeah. which is the um, Superman The Escape, better known as Superman Escape from Krypton nowadays, at uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain. Originally it was supposed to be named Philosotron, which I think is a funny name because now we've got Philosotron Philosophos- in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that—that's a strategy. That's gonna it? be a podcast. Um, <laughs> Philosotron. Philosetron, uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, that's obviously the, the first strata coaster. Technically, of people that claim it doesn't reach the 400 hype mark all the time are not incorrect, and for that reason, it uh, can still at least hold the giga title. It's if you certainly ask me. the first
1: giga coaster.
0: Really, really cool. Um, I've <laughs> ridden it both forwards and backwards, and not just recently. With you know the forward train having returned. But as the in the original, yeah, when Superman was sitting so on top of the tower, really, really liked it. The speed is definitely a lot more noticeable when you go forward. Than it is going backwards. Yes, the launch isn't super intense, but it's just one of those like super large scale rides that doesn't do a whole lot, but it's just large and fast for the sake of being large and fast. It's just cool. Back then, it was such a limit pushing attraction. Now it's really it's marketed as a family attraction on the park map. Totally, and it really is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I just appreciate the view that you get off the ride and, and the sheer loudness of it. Like you can hear it through the whole yeah. valley. It's just like Superman. just Superman. You know, it's one of those intimate projects that. Um, People don't really, and, and the coast, coast enthusiasts don't talk about it a whole lot anymore. But I think, when I think of Intimate, I think of some quirky things they've done. And Superman wasn't quirky in the moment, but now it feels very quirky. And uh, I, just, I just love that ride. Like I have a lot of appreciation for it, despite it really not being that much of a thrill ride. But if it's not a long line, and it's dark out. It's a great ride to see the whole the valley lit up or seeing the whole park lit up. Um, or just during the day, it's just it's just a fun ride. Um, not much to it, of course. I don't know what else to market about it, but it's uh, it's a fun ride.
1: When Sven and Saunder came to visit, that was one of their favorites, if I remember correctly. Sander really liked that one, just because it was wasn't tough on the body, but it was so spectacular and thrilling and just different.
0: That was my first thing. ever ride at Magic Mountain, actually. Yeah. Yeah, my dad was not down. He was scared to ride, <laughs> but it was fun. they really enjoyed it. My parents didn't want to ride either. <laughs> it it definitely fun. sounds a lot more threatening <laughs> than it is, like with the sheer like sound of launch and then like the shrieking of the wheels as it like makes its way up the steel tower like an
1: aircraft taking off yeah it takes like it
0: sounds like a a jet fighter but instead of it flying a couple hundred feet over the park it's like flying literally like a couple feet over the midway like (laughs) Um, and with that we'll uh, we'll end our list of favorite intimates. make sure that wherever you're listening including Spotify now leave a review leave a rating Spotify now allows you to review our podcast as long as you've listened to at least a couple episodes so give us a five stars help us grow Um, share our episodes with your friends family whoever you want to share this with Mm -hmm. Uh, of course if you're on Google um, or on Amazon or on Pandora, anywhere you're listening, we really appreciate you. If you're on Apple Podcast, yep. leave us a review. Again, help us grow. We would really appreciate that. And of course, check out our mini so- episodes of this year so far. We have four already Life, We have Blue Fire. Well, we should probably start with the A. Yeah. Uh, we start with American Eagle. We got Blue Fire. We got Cup, Cup Car Chase. Chase, and we have Dragon and Ocean, Ocean Park. Park. So definitely check those out. And we will see you online on our social media on thecoastakings.com. Right. Yeah, follow our
1: TikTok. Follow our TikTok. We're All back that. on that. Yeah, we're trying to do some more TikTok. <laughs> And
0: we will see you on the next episode. we we'll catch you
1: next time. Bye. Bye.